This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Pre-recorded from Joe's mom's basement, welcome to another Rewind episode of The Stacking Benjamin Show. Hey everyone, I'm Griffin the Intern, or like the guy who runs the taco truck calls me, The Fintern. Oh, how time flies. I feel like it's been about three weeks since the guys left, and it's already the first Friday. Not only that, but school will be out soon, and it'll be a good week or two into the summer the next time I come around. Pretty crazy to think about that, huh? Maybe we should just start measuring time and stacking Benjamin cycles. While kids across America are looking forward to another summer break, one set of students are excited, or scared out of their minds, for another reason. When school rolls back around, they won't be attending high school, they'll be in college or facing their first jobs. I have a few buddies myself who are going on to the great beyond, so I dedicate today's show to them. Stacking Benjamins episode 349, our best advice for graduates. On this roundtable episode, Joe Lenpenzo, special guest Dorothea Kelly, and Greg McFarlane tackle a couple of different topics, including some financial advice kids need to hear before they go off to college. This episode first ran on June 17th, 2016, so disregard any investment advice or giveaways. See you in eight weeks. Fintern out. And now we're pleased to bring you our feature presentation. from your only basement-based graduation headquarters, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. Hey there, everyone. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And on today's podcast, we're doling out advice for all the recent graduates. Plus, we have a gift idea for grads or your dad for Father's Day. Plus, Uber has plans to take over the world of driving. And what's our best advice to get you out of debt? Stick around and find out. On today's show, Miss Money Chat herself, Dorothea Kelly. From Control Your Cash, Greg McFarlane. And from LenPenzo.com, it's Ted Danson. No, I'm just kidding. It's Len Penzo. And from Stockpile, we'll talk potential Father's Day gifts of stock with Chief Commercial Officer Dan Schatt. And here he is, the guy who keeps this little show a running, Joe Saul Sihai. Well, with enough oil, we'd be able to keep it moving. Hey, everybody, it's Friday. I'm Joe Saul Sihai, Average Joe Money on Twitter. And man, do we have a great show for you today. I can't wait for you to hear in the middle, as Doug said, Dan Shep from Stockpile. Father's Day right around the corner. Maybe still have been procrastinating and haven't gotten the graduate a gift. Uh, that's it. I love the idea of giving people a gift of stock. So that's going to be awesome. Dorothea Kelly, Miss Money Chat herself, 
We've got all that coming, but you know what we've got first? If you're looking to save a bunch of money on your checking account, your savings account, and your debt products, head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash magnify money because magnify money is the place to go when you're ready to become the CFO of your financial situation. You know, think of your life as if it's a business. Because if you think about it as a business, you'll make much better decisions and magnify money is the first place you want to go when you're looking at that checking account, that savings account, or those debt products. Stackingbenjamins.com forward slash magnify money tells them that we sent you. And when you're looking at your debt products specifically, your debt strategy specifically, and also even more specifically, those student loans, head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash SOFI. That's spelled S-O-F-I. Dan Macklin and company over there tell us that it takes about 20 minutes and you'll know just how awesome the interest rate is that they're going to give you to refinance those student loans or a personal loan or even they do mortgages. Head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash SOFI for more on them. And guess what? Average person who goes to magnify money, as I said, saves 450 bucks. Average person at, uh, not average person, excuse me, everybody who goes for a personal loan or student loans through SoFi, they'll throw in a hundred bucks. So there's $550 just for listening to the show. How awesome is that? All right, let's get into it because we've got a big show. Hey, and at the end of the show, we've got our brand new game. So hang in there. We're going to play a new game with you. So let's get moving. Let's walk across the room here and crank up my dad shortwave, see if we can get some of the greatest minds in uh, financial writing and social media on the line. Let's start off with our, you know what? We never do the guests first and we have one woman and two men on tonight. So we're going to go ladies first in Detroit, Michigan. It's Miss Money right. Chat herself. Dorothea Kelly joins us again. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. I'm so glad you're back to save the show, Dorothea. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so tell the three people that don't know about Money Chat what you're all about. So Money Chat is about what you say and do with your money because they're both correlated. I am a personal finance coach and business coach, and I am passionate about teaching people and showing people how they can correlate the two and change their financial lives. Excellent. Well, I'm certainly happy you're back and can't wait to hear what you're going to talk about with these three fascinating articles we've got coming up. <laughs> Awesome. Let's move to the desert where it's somewhere between 108 and 5,000 degrees. I believe that's uh, Greg McFarlane out there in Las Vegas. Hello, Dorothea. Did you know Joe uh, back when he was in Detroit or no, because he's 30 years older than you? Um, no. Dorothea. <laughs> thanks, thanks for giving me the old man uh, creepy street cred there, Greg. What's going on? You're both adults. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Yeah. So, Dorothea, you, you never saw me on Channel 7, though. You know what? <laughs> nope. Nope. Uh, Greg, exactly how hot is it out in the desert? 109 with and cloudy today, 20% humidity. Uh, winds coming out of the southwest at 45 miles an hour. That's excellent. And that's the Las Vegas weather report. Let's move over to the coast where in a bunker somewhere deep under Los Angeles, I believe, Len Penzo joins us. <laughs> yes, that's me. How you doing there, Joe? What's happening, dude? Well, you know, I just got back from uh, Maui, Greg's other uh, 
hometown, I guess I would call it. But uh, so been, was out there for seven beautiful days where the weather was not 108. It was uh, actually very nice in the low 80s. And uh, we actually got a little rain one day, but it was pleasant. I'm now relaxed and ready to go. So for you and the honeybee, was this your anniversary trip? It certainly was. Yep. That's nice. Excellent. Yep. And you made it, you made it back alive. <laughs> yeah, we're still married. <laughs> <laughs> That's always the best part, isn't it? Yeah. And you know what's you know what's interesting is I didn't gain a single pound on the trip, oh. which was and, and I attributed that probably to all the uh, all the Cuba Libres I was drinking poolside. I, I think Greg probably knows the facts on this, but I suspect the alcohol suppressed my appetite because I really wasn't that uh, wasn't eating a lot, but I sure was drinking. Is a Cuba Libre one of those things like you get a hero sandwich, you get a subway <laughs> submarine sandwich, depending on what part of the country you're in? Now, I've I always heard it referred to as a rum and coke when I grew up. I, uh, I, I, the difference, there's a difference. What's it? What, what is it? <laughs> the lime lime juice. A rum and coke is a rum and coke is a rum and coke. You want that lime juice in there? It's got to be a Cuba Libre, baby. Welcome to the Alcoholics Anonymous, right? <laughs> Alcoholics right. Anonymous podcast. Is it just a squeeze or like an ounce? It's you a, know what? It's uh, <laughs> one third of an ounce, which is what of a uh, shot. Yeah, it's or forty eighth of, of a pound. <laughs> what's a, what's a shot? A shot's one and a half ounces, right? Depends on who's doing the shots. Well, guys, let's uh, let's move into our first article, shall we? Give me a drink. Yeah, that's right. Uh, let's start off, guys, at CNBC.com, where Ari Levy wrote this article. Uber is gearing up to upend the auto loan market. I found this really interesting. Uh, in the article, it says, to many observers, the end game of Uber's auto market disruption is a world where you never own a car again. So that got me thinking, Greg, that uh, this this world where you never own a car again. Can you see yourself in that world? Considering I just bought a car a month ago, no. Now, if, if I understand this correctly, Uber is doing the equivalent of hiring office workers and then charging those workers for their own cubicles with this, with this lease program. Am I right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Explain it to everybody because they haven't read the article. So explain and what I, you're talking about. I get that that's not a perfect analogy that I, that I made, but the, the car itself, which is a vehicle, if you will, for earning money, uh, Uber is now financing vehicles for Uber drivers. Now, I've used Uber four times in my life, primarily because I have a car of my own. But I can understand how if you make enough money Ubering people around, it might, right. be, worth it. It might be worth it to lease a car. And then I read the fine print, and it does yep. sound like a, like a fantastic deal. Uh, it says Uber knows that for many of the – I didn't know this, but for many of their drivers, they only – they only stay with Uber for a few months. It's like a stopgap thing. So if you if you don't want to buy a new car just for the purpose of shuttling people around, you can return it to whoever Uber is um, financing the cars through uh, with two weeks notice and you just lose your deposit. Yeah. Dorothea, I've seen the, the auto companies kind of pivoting that way because they think there's a lot of people are going to be heading toward Uber, either toward what Greg's saying, this whole auto lease deal, or they're just going to have Uber drive them around. What do you think? Well, I think it depends on the part of the country you're in, that's for sure. Like here in Detroit, not happening. Why, why is that? a place, you know, of course, well, this is the Motor City. Yeah. So we have, what, three, four automakers here, the big three, and then there's a couple others. Right. You're not going to, that's why we can't get mass transit here in Detroit, because... 
the automakers want people to buy cars. So I love Uber. Um, I use it mostly when I'm traveling. I don't normally use it around town, but I love it for when I'm traveling. But then there are certain places and things that you might need to get to that you're not necessarily going to call an Uber. You know, you, you can't you can't maneuver that way. See, and I see that this could be huge in places where people, you know, they don't rely on their own cars generally anyway. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, you're talking about other urban areas. I mean, cities. Right. New York, different places, D.C., places like that. But the problem, again, is that fine print because I was all for this until I read down and said, oh, so basically I'm paying 600 bucks a month for this car. Yeah, Len, 600 bucks a month for a car. That's a lot less than you pay for your car a month, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. I, I, <laughs> you know, I bought my car just, just to give people, I'm sure people like to know certain things. You know, I bought my last, my first new car ever at the age of uh, 48. It was a 2013, it still is, a 2013 Honda <laughs> Accord for, I forget what it was, 30000 or 31000 But my payment is... It's less than $500 a month. So, you know, and these guys are going to be paying, I, I think, the, what was the rate? $162 a week. A week. They're, they're leasing these cars. So, you know, that, and that's for a lease, folks. So when the lease is over, assuming you kept it for the term, you don't. You have nothing to show for it. Yeah, I thought this was just terrible. I thought this was, I don't know, that it seemed almost, ex, uh, what's the word, exploited, exploitative well, of the poor drivers. Exactly. I, yeah, I think it's Uber's way of getting more people on the hook, right, to drive for them. Yeah, I think what the problem is, is it goes back to the it's the turnover, like like Greg was alluding to. I, I think the, the, the turnover is so high and it's really it's no surprise. Being a taxi driver or shuffling the public around is it's a scary, dangerous job, which let me bring, so, let me bring, let me bring this up real quick. Since I was in Maui, just by curiosity, me and uh, the honeybee, we took a taxi from the airport to the hotel and we had a woman, a female taxi driver, which to me is um you know, pretty which, rare. Which, which, which island did you end up on? <laughs> no, but serious, you know, I brought, it, I brought it up. I hardly never see a, a female driver. And she told us that Maui has one of the highest percentage of female drivers, if not the highest percentage of female drivers in the world. And that's because the island, they say, is relatively safe. And people right. are generally going just from the airport to the hotels and back. Right. So that's why. So sorry to digress. Right. I thought that'd be interesting. No, no, no. Because you bring up a good point because we talked about this uh, when my husband and I were in Charlotte uh, last year for FinCon. And we all had all men drivers. And I thought about myself. I'm like, this is a good side hustle. But I have safety issues and I will not be doing Uber or Lyft or any of those kind of things. But a lot of people do it. It makes a lot of money. But the thing is, back to Greg's point about the turnover, the turnover is such it's almost like if you think about payday loans, think about the fact that, OK, so they pay the down payment. They only keep it for a couple months and then maybe they get in a, a car. They stop doing Uber. But Uber has still made that money. Yeah. So they have nothing to show for it. You know, I want to I want to jump. We're jumping back and forth a little bit, but I want to I want to jump back on this idea of Uber as side hustle because Dorothea and Len, you made a good point about you know women as as Uber drivers. I had when we were in Orlando, I had a woman who drove me, and I was fascinated because of the fact it was eleven o'clock at night, and she said she was just starting, and she was picking up drunk people at two a.m. and that just seemed oh, like no. a yeah, that, that just no. seemed, yeah. Greg, do you know much about the Uber situation in uh, Vegas? Do you have many? women driving uber as a side hustle in vegas 
Okay, not not to paint everybody with a vagina with the same brush, but uh, I've taken three Ubers in Vegas, all, all because my car was temporarily unavailable. And the female driver that I had, well, noted podcast guest Jason Hull was in town last week. Ah, and cool. we wined and dined, and he met us on the strip via Uber. We could, of course, see his see his journey in real time. And his female Hawaiian driver drove four miles out of her way and... Now, it's just as far as a, a, a breakdown between the sexes, I, safety an issue. I don't know. I think Uber should allow its uh, allow its drivers to be armed. We've all seen the video of that drunk guy in San Diego attacking the innocent Uber driver. But in my experience as to whether I've the, the male drivers got me there faster. I don't think I don't think the female drivers were concerned for their safety. Dorothea, you, you know what? <laughs> you know, I'm not. I'm not. You know what, Greg? I'm gonna have to deal with you later. But this is it. It's this is all about knowing your not, way around. Up. <laughs> oh, that's great. Let's go back. My, my, my girlfriend has lived in Las Vegas for 35 years and still doesn't know where North is. I'm sorry. Continue. Well, well, no, Greg. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I tell. And once again, all women are not alike. But I tell Cheryl if she thinks that the restaurant we're going to is to her right. She should automatically every time just go left because that'll get her there. <laughs> it's just whatever her, her first instinct is, she goes the other way. Oh, d- oh, oh my goodness. Oh, Dorothea's going to kill us all right now. <laughs> yes, yes. I need I need some more girl power on this that's, call. That's right. Yeah. Dorothea, let the record show I have not, I have not made any snide <laughs> remarks. I, I need my girlfriend who got us through L.A. traffic like a pro on this call. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a difficult one right there. Hey, Len, I want to ask you about your new car, because while we're talking about this idea about this Uber financing ripoff, you went with a new car, which surprises me. You know, listener Megan talked about how she told her husband that we never talk about Dave Ramsey. We talked about him five shows in a row. So I got to make sure we talk about Dave Ramsey here for a second. Dave Ramsey says, you know, don't buy a new car, right? Buy a used car every time. Right. Why did you go new in this particular instance? Yeah. And you know what? When I did that, I got, oh, man, I got hammered. I got hammered by my readers, but just huge, huge backlash. But what it came down to was, again, you know, I was 48 years old. It was my first brand new car I ever bought. And I just felt that, you know what? I could afford it. And I wanted to spend the money. I realize it's not the smartest move. Um, but assuming I've, I'm going to keep the car for more than 10 years, right. I wanted a new car and I could afford it. And so, gosh darn, I, I treated myself, you know. And, and, and don't you think that sometimes on this journey, this financial journey, we leave that piece out of it? You know, everybody's it's keep your head down. Don't do this. Don't do that. But once you have done the hard work and, and like you said, you wanted a new car. You've got money in the bank. You're not strapped for cash and you can afford it. I think that's the key word. Exactly. Yep. It was, I had all my ducks were already in a row and, and why not? I mean, it wasn't, yes, it's not the smartest move, but you know what? I could afford it. So it's a luxury that I could afford and that's why. That's interesting. We always do that, Dorothea. You're right. We talk about, well, hey, we should always do this, this, and this. And what's that line from Wall Street? How many yachts can you water ski behind, right? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move on, guys, because I'm looking at the time. We're going to spend all day on this. Hey, our next article we actually talked about on Monday's headline. Uh, John Oliver, HBO host, did this segment where he bought $15 million worth of debt 
and he and he forgave it all, which was an amazing publicity stunt that only cost him sixty thousand dollars. Which I think for HBO, really, he got a lot of bang for his buck for sixty grand. But I wanted to ask Greg that when it comes to debt. We've got maybe people listening to the show that might have huge amounts of debt or maybe some some medical debt. Instead of having John Oliver buy your debt, or if John Oliver doesn't buy your debt, what's your best get-out-of-debt technique? I, I can't believe that Len thinks buying a new Honda is an extravagance when John Oliver is throwing money away. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> First of all, you, you can buy consumer debt for less than a penny on the dollar, really? Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. To me, this is like teaching people how to party responsibly by moderating their alcohol consumption on spring break at South Padre when you could be telling them not to imbibe in the first place. Uh, If you are already in debt, and I've been in debt, I was in debt when I was 18 years old and it sucked and now I'm not. First of all, stop bragging about it. I'm talking about the tens of thousands of debt bloggers and their readers. There is nothing you should publicize about being in debt. And one thing I stress in my book, Control Your Cash, Make Making Money Make Sense, there available at Amazon, uh, <laughs> for, 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 for a reasonable price of seven bucks, I might add. And I, have not, I don't think I brought it up in three weeks. Uh, live like a pauper. I say this time and again, sharp, intense, brief pain is always better than dull pain of long duration forego everything it is possible to forego, live on rice and beans. And if you're trying to justify an expense, well, I got to have my Netflix. I got to have happy hour at the Olive Garden. Just remember that when you spend unnecessarily, fine, but you are buying yourself a couple more days of pain, a couple more days of indebtedness. Yeah, that's great advice. Just cold turkey, Greg, right? Exactly. Now I stress, I'm, I'm not going full Trent Ham on everyone here. There's a big difference between being cheap for the sake of being cheap and being right. cheap because your destiny is at stake. I mean, hell, I just exactly. flew halfway across the country to buy a car. I can spend extravagantly with the best of them. You wouldn't time how long you keep your oven door open with the heat on. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Dorothea knows what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Dorothea, so this guy, Trent Ham, he did a whole piece about how if you leave your oven door open, was the oven door or was it the light, Greg? Was the oven light? Uh, no, he had no knowledge of the, of the light. He said you shouldn't check on whatever's cooking by opening the oven door because, honest to God, you'll waste like one hundredth of a BTU. Oh, my God. And, and it'll cost you money. So, yeah. He, yeah, he, the, and your the, food will be raw or burnt, one or the other, if you don't. It, oh, it gets worse. <laughs> it, in the very same article, he said that preheating the oven is a waste of time. He says, instead, you should add 10 minutes to the cooking time and just factor that in. So, he is actively encouraging foodborne pathogens in his readers. <laughs> Dorothea, when you counsel people that are in debt, when you're coaching people with debt, what's step one on their journey? Getting another job. Step one is generally getting another job because half the time they've cut everything they can cut. Normally people are not coming to me that are like, no, I want to keep my cable. A couple people don't get me wrong. But most people, they need another job. They need another side hustle. And then I tell them to take all the money from the side hustle and put that money on their debt, have that money automatically paying their debt off. That way they're keeping their regular job money, their regular day to nine to five. That money goes toward paying their bills. But that extra job goes toward paying off debt because I tell people all the time. And when I show them, say somebody comes to me and say, I'm $15,000 in debt. Okay, what can you do this year to make that $15,000? And we just run run it down. 
It's amazing. Wow. It's amazing how when you throw it out there, what are things you can do that can make you an extra 15,000? Like how easily people come up with that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's what it's all about. Len, Len, what about you when it comes to uh, people in debt? A great debt tip that you don't hear often enough? Well, I, you know what? I like Dorothea's advice, and I don't think a lot of people think – I don't know why, but they don't think about just getting that second job. And I mean do anything you have to. I Take whatever job you can. To me, that's the most important thing. As, as Dorothea says, yep. there's only so much you can cut, right? The, the fastest way to, to reduce that debt is to increase your income, and it's you yep. just got to do whatever you got to do. The and great so right. that's, that, that's my advice for that. The great thing I like about the second job too is you give yourself some new skills that mean that possibly, Len, you can make more money in the future even. Certainly, yeah. And, and like you said, there are so many ways. I, I know this. I know a lot of people out there probably saying, oh, no, it's not. It's hard. If you think about it, there are so many ways to make money. There are so many ways that you can do little businesses, little little things you can do right out of your home just to bring in a few dollars, even if you can bring in $100 a week, and that's $400 a exactly. month. I mean, it just adds up. There are so many things you can do. It really are. You just got to think about it. And, 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 and isn't it, it crazy how now there's so many opportunities, especially with online. But back in the day, you know, people really hustled much harder than they do now. And they didn't even have as many opportunities. Right. It's no. crazy to me. Well, yeah. well, that's great, Dorothea, because you got three old guys here. So we're all nodding our head. Yep. <laughs> Back in, back in the day, man. Hey, I, you know what? I'll say this because, you know, when I grew up my, in a household where my dad did everything he could to keep my mom at home with the kids. And that my dad worked obviously at his regular day job. And he also had two side jobs working in a liquor store in the middle of the night, uh, you know, in a, in a not so good area of town. And he worked as a janitor all, all at the same time. So and that was he did what he had to do. And, you know, that's you, you just got to do that kind of stuff. That's my recommendation. With his liquor store job, Len, did your dad know the difference between a rum and coke and that other drink? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My dad. Oh, yeah. My dad knew how to make some good drinks. I got to take a quick time out from this awesome conversation with Dorothea, Greg, and Len to say a big thanks to everybody who's gone to stackofbenjamins.com forward slash magnify money. Because whether you're looking at your checking account, your savings, or your debt products, magnify money is the number one place to go. They look at over 90% of the tools that are out there. So if you're somebody who's just using your local bank for whatever they've got, why do you do that? Your bank doesn't love you. Why wouldn't we shop to find the best products that we're going to use every day for our money? StackingBenjamins.com forward slash magnify money. And specifically, if you're looking at your debt situation, head to StackingBenjamins.com forward slash SoFi. That's S-O-F-I because I'll tell you, somebody just wrote me last week about student loans and about what they should do about their high rate on their student loans. You know what I said? Head to SoFi and see what they've got because in a very short period of time, they'll share with you what interest rate they can give you and whether they can work with you at all. And if they can, what you might be surprised to find out, as uh, our listener Meg told me this last week in an awesome, awesome email, she said that she cut her interest rate by almost a third by going with SoFi. So not sure if that's going to be what happens for you. But check it out, stackingbenjamins.com forward slash S-O-F-I. They'll throw in 100 bucks on student loans and personal loans. And they also, by the way, they also do mortgages. So if you're somebody who's moving now, uh, that might be a great idea for you. All right. 
let's do this. Remember, whenever we have these companies on, we don't endorse them, but we love hearing about all the cool stuff that's out there in the fintech world. And I saw this thing called Stockpile, and I thought, this is really cool. We had on a competitor of theirs back in December, but I love the fact that there's more and more companies doing this. If you're giving gifts, why give a gift that somebody's going to throw away? You know, dad's got enough ties. Why not buy him a stock? How cool would that be? So let's hear Dan Schatt from uh, Stockpile coming down to the basement. And Dan Schatt, Chief Commercial Officer at Stockpile, joins us. Welcome to the party, man. Well, thanks for having me. It's great to be here in your basement. I know, I'm glad you could. <laughs> I'm glad you could stop by a basement in Texarkana this year, going around the country talking about Stockpile. Absolutely. You guys, I think the reason I wanted to have you on, well, I know the reason I wanted to have you on, Dan, is because I'm tired of getting dad a tie. I might want to get him something that he's more interested in, which in this case is investing. How'd you guys come up with this idea for Stockpile? You know, it's funny. A lot of people have that feeling, and and that's exactly how we got started. So uh, my partner, Avi Lele, we started the business with here, he, uh, one Christmas, he wanted to get his nieces and nephews something much more interesting than just more toys that they were just going to throw away after a few months. And he thought, hey, stock could be a great idea. And he started looking into it and realized it was incredibly complicated. You know, the first thing was you, you need the social security number and all of this information about the people you're giving the stock to. And his sister wasn't even willing to give him his nieces and nephews uh, information. You know, then when, when he looked at the stocks, they were pricey, you know, because you have to buy stock by the share. You know, one one share of Google is $750. So he ended up giving up that uh, Christmas and just buying something at the store. But he never got out of his mind. And uh, we met shortly thereafter and uh, came up with the idea of stockpile. Basically, it's the idea is this, is that, you know, everyone knows how to use a gift card. You know, 93% of Americans have had a gift card go through their hands. But that same percentage of people have not owned direct stock. If you could make buying stock as easily as going to the store and buying a gift card, then uh, th- that it could really change things. So that's what we've done. That's you really can- cool. I love my nieces and nephews, but I'm thinking buying them $750 worth of anything is a little over the top. That's right. That's right. So we, so that that's that's a pretty pricey present to give someone. So what we've done is we've fractionalized it. So now you can own a fraction of a share. You have all the same rights as a shareholder. But, you know, let's say that you've got a, a $50 gift card for stock and the stock is trading at $100. You'll own exactly – when you redeem that gift card, you'll own exactly one half of a share. And if that company uh, declares dividends, you, you'll get half a dividend. You get all the same rights, but now you can own as little as $1 worth of stock. When you say $1 worth of stock, do they just come in whatever denomination I want to buy, Dan? Yeah, so today in the, in the, in the stores, and um, we're basically in uh, you know, a, a few chains today, Kmart, Giant Eagle, Wegmans. Uh, you can find us at some Toys R Us, uh, Toys R Us's Office Depot, Office Max. If you walk into the store today, the, those stores, you'll see uh, $25. Dollar cards, fifty dollar cards, and one hundred dollar cards. But if you go to stockpile.com, you can get them in in any denomination from one dollar to a thousand dollars. 
And then when I buy the gift card, am I buying the stock then? Or is that just, hey, I spent the 25 bucks and then Junior goes and opens up the account. And that's when they actually pull the trigger on buying it. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. So you're just buying, you know, a prepaid card with the value locked into the plastic. So think of it like when you buy a Starbucks card, you haven't turned it into a latte or a cappuccino yet. The same thing is true here. It's, you know, $50 in a card. You may wait one day, you may wait one year, but when you come forward to redeem that gift card, that's when the value turns into stock and it turns into stock at that day's stock price. A year from now, if you redeem it or tomorrow, if you redeem it, it's the day you decide to redeem it is the day that that money turns into stock. So if I give dad a gift of stock, then I also want to be his financial advisor a little since we know that time in the market beats timing in the market, right? Tell dad, hey, uh, redeem this thing right away. That's right. Or, you know, if he thinks that the stock market's going to go down, he could hold on to that card. And when the, the stock market goes down, then he could redeem and he could get more uh, more shares for his money. Yeah, we don't trust dad to play that game, Dan. <laughs> so, but let's talk about all the different things that I can buy. Are there specific stocks that I can buy or can I buy pretty much anything I want? Yeah, you know, so we've got everything today in the S&P 500 and then another 500 popular stocks. In the stores, you know, what we're seeing uh, as the most popular gift cards to buy are gift cards for Apple stock. That seems to be the number one. Disney stock is is, uh, number two. And then we see Google, Facebook, Tesla. Those are all really, really popular as well. We also see Nike and Under Armour. You can also buy a gift card good for gold. We do ETFs, gold ETF or uh, the S&P 500 index is also surprisingly popular. And then we've also got a, a card that has a bunch of different companies where you can basically choose your own company. Wow. So you're building like your own basket, your own ETF. That's right. And then regardless of what's on the front of the card, when, when the person redeems it, they can always switch it to another gift card they want. So if, you know, grandma gave uh, G, GE stock to the kid, the kid can <laughs> turn it into, you know, Tesla stock if they want. I wish, so, I, could have, I, wish I could have done that with some of the underwear that mom gave me over the years, you know. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, this is something that 30% of our uh, account base are kids and teens. 50% of our account base is under 30. So what we see is uh, lots of people over 30 giving it to people under 30. And, you know, this is sort of like the modern day savings bond equivalent. You know, you can can basically get someone started 20 years, you know, before they might have otherwise gotten started. And the kid actually gets their own login. And so, you know, I, the, the, the kid can actually request to buy and sell and the parent can get an alert on their smartphone. If the parent accepts, we route the order to market and uh, the kid will end up with the stock. My 12-year-old regularly uh, requests to buy Tesla stock and I'll hit yes, I accept. And then uh, my son will get $10 of Tesla stock in his account. Oh, that's pretty wild. In terms of opening the account, I don't open the account when I'm giving the gift. The giftee, the, the person I'm giving it to, in this case, dad, opens up the account. How difficult is it for them to open up the account? Yep. So that's exactly right. So first of all, if you're buying one of these cards for someone, you don't need an account at all. You can walk into an office depot and just buy these cards and then just give it to someone. Digitally, you can go onto stockpile.com, use your credit card or debit card, type in the email address and, and send it off digitally. Now, when the recipient gets it, basically... Uh, 
it takes about 90 seconds to open up the brokerage account. It's very, very easy. It's much like opening an Amazon account or a PayPal account. Okay. Basically, you need the name, the address, the social, the date of birth, a couple other questions, and you're done. And then when they buy the position, what do the fees look like to purchase those fractional shares? Once they have the brokerage account open, it's just 99 cents to buy or sell. It's iTunes pricing. Okay. Well, that's easy. Regardless of what size it is? Regardless of what size. We, we really wanted to make this something that basically everyone could use and, and make the stock market just much more accessible. And the reason we can get our costs down is that we're starting from a point where everything is digital. So you, when you sign the terms and conditions for Stockpile, you agree to get you know, your, your statements and the annual reports and all of the information in digital form. And that really cuts our costs down a lot. Boy, that's really cool. There are some families, and we've talked about this before on the show, where, where people like to have that certificate, right, that looks like a, a share of stock. We always think it's dangerous to actually have that share of stock. Your house burns down and it's, you know, and there goes the share of stock. But is there something that people can print out, and maybe give them, present dad on Father's Day with besides the gift card? Absolutely. So what's coming this summer is the ability to actually print out these beautiful display certificates if you own stock and cool. uh, kids are going to love them. In addition, we've got a lot of companies working with us where they're actually producing beautiful physical certificates and you're going to be able to press a button and you're going to have it uh, show up at your doorstep. You know, a nice printed certificate ready, suitable for framing. And that won't be the actual share of stock. That'll just be a certificate that goes along with it. That's right. That's yeah. right. Because if you've seen the Disney one, that one's incredible. It's beautiful. That's largely gone away. You know? Right. Uh, you, don't, you, don't, you can't find them anymore. And we're bringing all of that back. So when, when you're a shareholder, we really want to be able to get kids excited. You know, when you used to own Wrigley's stock, you'd actually get a pack of Wrigley's gum, a few packs of Wrigley's gum, show, you know, show up at your door and thanking you as a shareholder. And we're going to be bringing back a lot of those experiences. So you're going to actually be able to experience the, uh, uh, the companies that you own and really, you know, uh, learn a lot more about them. Too bad you guys got nothing going on, Dan. <laughs> well, we're having a lot of fun. So we're rolling out in a lot more stores. You know, come holidays, you're going to see us in uh, Lowe's. You're going to see us in Staples, in Kroger, in the shopping malls, in Sears. There's going to be a lot more places. And I think the grocery stores are getting excited because – this is a brand new reason to even walk into a grocery store. You wouldn't think about buying a wedding present in your local grocery <laughs> right, store, right? right? <laughs> but now you can buy your bar mitzvah present, your wedding present, and, and all of the other things there. And you can even uh, build your portfolio while you're shopping for eggs, milk, and bread. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun, Dan. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. All right, to hear more about Stockpile, head to our show notes, stackybenjamins.com, and uh, we'll have all the links there. All right, let's get back to our awesome discussion with Dorothea, Greg, and Lynn. Uh, let's move on to our last article because I found this one, this one fascinating. Uh, this one comes to us from Yahoo Finance, Julia LaRoche. A hedge fund manager gave some blunt advice to a bunch of ninth grade boys. When I read this, I couldn't stay away. He said, quote, if you're a dumbass, there'll be consequences. Hedge fund manager Whitney Tilson, the founder of Case Capital, told Eagerbrook School's graduating ninth grade class. So I thought 
I, I thought, first of all, Greg, I wondered if this is something you actually penned. Did you, were you the first one to say if you're a dumbass, there'll be consequences? Did he get that out of control? Your cash available anywhere? Assorted graduates, congratulations. You stayed alive for 17, 18 years, and you did the absolute bare minimum. This shouldn't be a day of celebration, again, because you haven't really accomplished anything. Well, I'm sure some of you have accomplished stuff, robotics contest, gold medal winner, varsity basketball title. But the actual earning of a diploma is nothing. Now, do not take that as me saying you need to go to college before you can consider yourself fully accomplished. In fact, for almost all of you, even though this is a ritzy private school, college is the worst decision you can make. You know it is probably going to cost you tens of thousands of dollars in borrowed money. When you're buying your cigarettes and your alcohol with your fake IDs, hands up everybody who has a fake ID. You're liars. <laughs> The clerk you are dealing with quite likely has a college degree. Not that there is anything wrong with selling intoxicants for a living, but you don't need four years of sociology courses to qualify. You just need to know how to operate a terminal. And if you don't plan on becoming an engineer or a doctor or one of maybe three or four other professions, there is little to be said for going to college. I can see your parents in the back. They are staring daggers through me, and they know I'm right. <laughs> That is the best oh, speech. That was beautiful. Ever. Yeah, yeah let, right. Let does that bring a tear to your eye? It does bring a tear to my eye. All the kids I, I are I like, I told my mom I didn't want to go to college. <laughs> no, well, I think a lot of them, Dorothy. Actually, by the time they get to to high school, they've just bought into this college's automatic hook, hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. I agree. So, Dorothea, let's hear your very blunt college speech that you give to kids. Yeah, mine is short and simple. Look, don't look for life to be fair. Learn the game. Master the game. Sometimes you're going to be on the favorable end. Sometimes you're not. Don't cry about it. Fantastic. So you wouldn't yeah. just say, don't be a dumbass? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Len, would you say, don't be a dumbass? I thought that was awesome, especially for ninth grade boys. I mean, talk about know your audience, right? So I, I, I'd have been, I'd have been riveted as a ninth grade boy. As soon as he opened up with that, I'd have been hanging on his every word. No, I thought right. that was, I thought that was awesome. Yeah. What's your? I don't know if the parents. I don't know if his parent, the parents thought that was a, such a great. Yeah. Idea, but they uh, were yeah, probably writing the school after that yeah, one. I'm sure the kids hear worse than that every day, anyway. So yeah. Exactly. Uh, Len, what's your blunt speech? I can't follow uh, the great uh, Greg McFarland on that. Uh, <laughs> like that, but let me just real quick. I, I would just say, look, take ownership of everything you do in life. Understand the importance of being self-reliant because. It's your life, and nobody cares more about your own life and how you'll do in life than you. So it's on you. And then I'd say honor. There's a natural – what I always tell my kids, there's a natural order to life, uh, and you should honor that. And that's get your education first, follow that with your career, then get married, and then have kids. And if you do those things in that order – most things will take care of itself. You, you certainly won't put yourself in a hole by doing certain things out of order. So that's it in a nutshell. Greg? He couldn't be more accurate about playing defense, which is the theme throughout that speech. Oh, I mean, yes. I, I've carved out a pretty decent life. No consumer debt, lots of traveling, some fancy accoutrements. And it's not because I did brilliant things. I mean, I'm, I'm not Ben Carson or Stephen Hawking here. It's because I avoided stupid things. And stupid things will punish you far worse than, than brilliant things will, will make life easy. 
Yeah, and the thing and, that the thing Greg's talking about, by the way, everybody, is uh, part of his speech. I'll just read this if you don't mind. The foundation for a successful life is playing defense, and by that I mean avoiding the obvious mistakes that can really set you back. I'm not talking about the big general things. If you're mean to people, don't expect to have many friends. If you're lazy and dishonest, you want a much of a career. If you don't take care of your body, of course it's going to break down. No, I'm talking about the blindingly obvious things, ranging from touching a stove to see if it's hot. I did that once. Or touching an electric fence to see if it's live. I did that too. All the way up to things that can derail or end a life. Go ahead. <laughs> well, one thing he did omit was, and I hate to say this, but make friends with the right people. Kiss the appropriate ass. It sucks, uh, but it's life. And that applies organizationally too, not just on an individual basis. You don't get that much better of an education at Yale than you get at Texas A&M. They're all the same textbooks. But at the former school, you were surrounded by the children of senators and governors and kings and queens. If you want to end up on Wall Street, the road from Chico State is a lot longer than the road from Princeton. If that's your ambition, it's going to be a lot harder than if you did it from a prestigious school. That being said, if you want to be an entrepreneur, if you want to carve out your own life, which fortunately is a lot easier in 2016 than it was two or even one generation ago, where you go to school matters a lot less, but whom you roll with is still important. And again, defense, the school pot dealer might be fun to chill with, but the downside to hanging out with him (laughs) is greater than the upside. Yeah. Right. Those aren't the relationships you want to nurture. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Dorothea, who you surround yourself with really matters. Absolutely. And valuing those relationships. And see, the kids don't realize a lot of times, like you were saying, Greg, you know, you might be friends with. The senator's son, those might be some relationships you want to hold on to if they're valuable. You don't just hang out with people because of who they are. But these are some connections you can make because your circle does determine who you are. I'm living proof. So you might want to hang out with some folks who are possibly making the right moves. Definitely. What do you mean by you're the living proof? Is there a story there? Oh, yeah. I have friends from all kind of backgrounds. Don't get me wrong. But there was a time in my life where I noticed, okay, These folks are doing A, B, C, and D, and they are making positive moves in a positive direction. Okay, these folks are still, you know, a certain age, hanging out, partying, not really trying to change their lives. So, okay, you're going to keep these friends. They'll always be your friends, but these are the folks you want to spend most of your time with because the company you keep makes you. I mean, it's a cliche, but it's the truth all day long. No, it, it, it totally is the truth. Greg, back to you for just a second. It's funny because he talks about in this speech to these ninth graders, a big problem that derails people's lives is binge drinking alcohol, especially in college. What's funny is, is that you don't drink, but you also talk about this in control your cash. It's funny how you talk about it the same, but from a little different angle. I would take Tilson's talk on temperance a little further. It is impossible. I'm prefacing this by saying I cannot talk about this without sounding like Carrie Nation, like I'm going to take a hatchet to the liquor store. But but it's a fact. Removing alcohol has never made anyone's life worse. Adding it has made lots of people's lives worse. For all that we hear about climate change and genetically modified organisms and particulate matter in the air and speeding on the freeway, The risks inherent with each of them are nothing compared to how you can damage your life with a bottle. And yes, it's a financial thing, too. But what about adding alcohol with lime, Greg? (laughs) You have to ask Mr. Penzo about that. (laughs) I think that's all the time we got for today, everybody. This is fun as always. Len, we'll start with you since I alluded to you first. What's going on at LenPenzo.com here lately? 
Oh, my gosh. Hey, seven smart things you can do with your graduation money. Excellent. At, at on, on this, that That's great how you, you know, we led right into that for you, didn't we? Yes. I was going to give you my other post was how to save money at the bar, but, but <laughs> I thought that, that we'll just leave that. Yeah, I think Greg had that one covered. <laughs> Greg, what are you writing about lately at Investopedia? Subprime auto loans. Oh. No, no I don't recommend them. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, cut to the chase right there, huh? And Dorothea, thanks for playing with us again. I really appreciate you coming back. Oh, my goodness. I always have a good time with you guys. I am gearing up for Money Chat Live Atlanta, June 23rd. Anybody listening, if you're in Atlanta, definitely check that out. It's Rock Your Money Chat on Eventbrite. I'm at Dorothea Kelly on everything. And if you inbox me or check me out, I'll give you a a discount coupon. But we have a great lineup. We're doing financial speed dating, hot seat. It's just going to be pretty cool. So that's what Money Chat is up to. Oh, that's fantastic. And I'll link to all those on the show notes at our, uh, our show Thank notes you. at stackingbenjamins.com. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. That's going to do it for today, everybody. Hey, guess what? We are cranking up the game for this eight weeks. And remember how I asked you guys for a game idea? Uh, here's what happens for new listeners. Every Friday to entertain myself because OG's not here with me, we play a game on this show. And it's more something for me to do, but I bring you along for the ride. And I've created several games in a row. And asked all of you, hey, guess what? Give me a game. And recent winner of our Green Room book giveaway. We didn't give away a book to everybody. We just gave it to Green Room people. So if you're not in the Green Room, you want to get in there. And I'll talk more about that here in a second. But Julie, Julie, who just took home Jason Vitug's book. By the way, uh, Julie, that book's on the way. Uh, she gave me an idea for a game. We got about four different ideas. We're going to do Julie's first. She really liked our Celebrity Connection game where it was the most tenuous connection to a celebrity. So I love the person who said that M. Night Shyamalan's dad gave their dad a colonoscopy. Uh, Weird, like barely connected. So she liked that. So Julie said, what if we did the same thing? But because this is a number show, what if we did something similar with numbers? So she said, as an example, her dad was born in 34. Mom was born in 43. When she was born, her dad was 43 and mom was 34. So here's the question. What's the craziest, most unusual number coincidence in your listener life? So we're going to kick that off. Send those to Joe at stackybedjamins.com or just go to the website and hit the uh, info box and just write it, write it there. Oh, we'll find it either way. But if you send me yours, we'll start reading some of those off. And then with just a couple of weeks to go, we'll ask OG like we did the last time we did this contest. What is yours? Uh, which one should be the finalist? Then we'll have all of you vote on the final. So we're playing a connection game. What's a connection in your life that involves Numbers could be any connection that you have. For Julie, her dad was born in 1934, mom born in 1943. When she was born, dad was 43, mom was 34. So pretty cool connections there. So whatever yours is, here's here's what the prize is. We give you a, uh, a $20 Amazon gift certificate and a prize pack we put together specifically for you. That's what we do. All right, that is the game. 
And I hope we get a lot of people to do that because, Julie, that seems like a really fun game. Uh, Join us. I mentioned the green room. We're having some great discussions over in our green room closed Facebook group. So that goes along with the Green Room podcast, but feel free to join us over there. Here's how you get there. Stackingbenjamins.com forward slash green room, uh, all one word green room. And if you scroll down that page, you will see a link that will take you over to the closed Facebook group. You have to request access and we will let you in. So that's that. Let's talk about what's going on next week on the show because we've got some cool stuff coming up. Next week on Monday from the Feel Rich Project, Michael F. K., Certified Financial Planner. Here's here's what Michael's talking about. Reinventing your understanding of true wealth to find true wealth. What is true wealth? I mean, we see these people. Here's what drives me nuts. I see people click the link for our show when it has stuff to do with things that, that kind of drive me crazy. Like, how do you build your stocks more in a hurry? Like, I know how to write these clickbait titles. And what's funny is those are all often fine shows. But what Michael K says is that that's not, that's not the way to true happiness. And you're going to be a better investor and a better saver if you base them on what your goals are. We call it value-based investing, but that sounds pretty boring. I like the Feel Rich Project better. So how do you feel more rich? Michael Kay is going to talk about that on Monday. And then on Wednesday, I love it when the big mutual fund company people come on the show. And we've had John Sweeney from Fidelity on just here lately. But from T. Rowe Price, Judith Ward, senior financial planner at T. Rowe Price coming down. They did a study. You know how OG and I always bash (laughs) target date funds? Well, guess what? Remember how OG also says it's not always about the fees and it's not always about being perfect? Judith Ward's going to bring us some amazing Stuff about target date funds on Wednesday that runs contrary to what we've told you on this podcast, which I absolutely love. Uh, Still think you can do it better after knowing what Judith's going to talk about when she comes down to the basement next week. Uh, But that's that's that. Then next Friday, uh, in the middle of the show, our fintech segment is going to be about Guidevine. Guidevine is a way for people to watch videos about different financial advisors so you kind of get comfortable with who they are and what they do. Almost like Tinder, right? But you could check your check out your financial advisor by swiping. That's Guidevine. And Chris Peach from the Money Peach. Love this guy. He's going to be our special guest on next Friday's roundtable. Should be fun with Chris Peach talking with uh, our normal contributors next Friday. That's it. Action-packed show next week. So if you have a second, please leave us a review on Stitcher, iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, check out The Green Room. Coming up tomorrow in the green room, another back episode. Every Saturday's back episodes on the green room. But I got to tell you, these extended interviews we have every Thursday on the green room. I think if you're looking for discussions, the green room Thursday discussions are some of the best uh, radio that I've ever created. So I'm pretty happy with the the Thursday stuff too. So subscribe to the green room and uh, we'll see you back here on Monday. Stacking more Benjamins. This show is the property of the Free Financial Advisor, LLC, copyright 2016. The show is created and written by Joe Sal and edited by the amazing Steve Stewart. A big thanks to Dorothea Kelly for joining us on today's show. Find more about Dorothea at themoneychat.com. Len Penzo appears courtesy of the cryptically named lenpenzo.com. 
Greg McFarlane appears courtesy of Control Your Cash. Special thanks to Dan Schatt for sharing with us how stock buying service Stockpile works. Head to Stockpile.com or our show notes at StackingBenjamins.com for more information. Show Disclaimer. 46.2% of the statistics we shared during this podcast. Well, Stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans, and all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, There are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.